0: Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion Email Edition for July 31st, 2007. I'm your host, Pete Werner, and we have a number of emails that we're going to read uh, this week. And uh, for those of you who would like to uh, send us a question or submit some comments on the show that you would like us to read, all you have to do is send an email to podcast at wdwinfo.com. Or go to the podcast main page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, and fill out the feedback form that's on that page. And if we read your email on our show, we're going to send you your own disunplug t-shirt. And then at the end of the month, we take all the ones we read on the show, we select one at random, and give away some cool prizes. So, All right. With that out of the way, we'll just go ahead and get started. Who would like to go first?
1: I will. Okay. That was my Julie impression. No. <laughs> Hi, Julie. Okay. Hi, Anthony. My first email is from Penny Mudd. Penny's in New Washington, Indiana, and she says, hello, from southern Indiana. She's been a Dizholic for years now and just recently started uh, getting her fix with the Diz Unplugged. Her question is regarding Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party. Yes, she knows it's yet another one. Penny, you're not alone. We have another one after this. Okay, we've been before. Or we've been once before, but I do not remember if many of the adults were dressing up for the night's events. We're planning on going this October, and her husband and herself and her two kids were all planning on dressing up as the rock group Kiss. I think this is an
0: awesome idea. That is a great idea.
1: So my question is kind of a two-parter. Will there be many other adults dressed up? Yes. And will we look like outcasts for dressing up as non-Disney? No. No. The one thing they won't let you do is make sure that your face is visible. They will not let you um, into the park if your face is not visible. And make sure all of your costumes are appropriate. Keep safety in mind. Appropriate and keep safety in mind. They don't want anybody tripping or your costume getting caught in the mechanism of a ride or anything. But absolutely, there are people everywhere dressed up. Um, And will you look like outcasts? I'm sorry, there are people walking around with ha- with goofy ears attached to them. Yeah. No one's no. going to even notice if you're dressed up, unless your costume's really
2: good, and then people will follow you around and tell you how Disney, cool you
0: look. Disney World is a really tough place to look like an outcast.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Keep in mind the temperature also of your co- for your costume. I mean, if you go in September, it, it can be it can be warm.
1: They're going in October and that's that's still a good advice. I think that goes both ways. We've been there on nights when it's kind of cool. Yep. And you see little girls in these princess costumes with their bare arms, but yet mom has on a hoodie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> the temperature think, keep an eye on and the weather forecast for that night.
1: Right. Um but by all means Penny what night are you going? Let us know. We'll come see really? you. Really? I want to see him. I think it sounds like a great idea. I or think at your, least take
0: pictures so we can see.
1: Do your kids even know who Kiss is? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a great idea. Penny, we uh, all agree. Go for it. Just keep in mind that you have to follow Disney's guidelines.
0: Cool. Thank you, Penny. Thank you, Kevin. John?
3: I have one from Claudia Robar, and she is from Bridgewater, Nova Scotia. Claudia writes a really nice email, beginning of her email, about how great we are and All sorts of cool stuff. I'm going to skip that, but we appreciate your comments, Claudia. She says, uh, because of advice from you, we have purchased a DVC membership. We are looking at being Disney, Disney people for many years to come. What do we do now? We have planned our trips very carefully, making sure we have advanced reservations, checking on things we have missed on previous trips, and getting to the parks early. We have really done a lot. Now that we'll be going every year, do we need a new approach to planning? are the things we should see or do that maybe you wouldn't get in if you were only going once in your life. I think our trips will need to evolve. Any suggestions? Um, absolutely. Your trips are going to evolve, but don't, I, I don't say force it. Don't start planning, you know, I have to go see something different each time. Take time to see the small stuff. That's always the best part for us. Yeah. You know, don't, you may not have to rush from ride to ride now, so take some time and wander around and Watch the people. It's
1: 2-13. We're supposed to be
3: buzz year Exactly. Or else we'll never make the parade. Um, but one of the things I will give you some advice for, for being a DVC member is just make sure that you can book your home resort 11 months in advance, your non-home resort 7 months in advance. That's kind of the biggest planning you're going to need to do, especially if you want to travel during a popular time of year. Just give yourself that time to plan it. But other than that, have a great time.
1: There's something nice. Now you get to act like almost like a local. You can explore the area around Disney where there's some stuff to do also. And I think John's right. Explore the small stuff. Go out to the, the ranch out at the wilderness Fort Wilderness or go see the Chippendale Fire the way they make the s'mores that's the, what we're doing. Or we're even going.
0: venture off Disney property, you know? Yeah. Yeah. there's but a lot of cool things all over Orlando.
1: Right. Just venture out. I agree. Cool.
0: Thank you, John. All right. I have one from Richard Bernardo from Sayville, New York, who uh, is going to be staying at the Wilderness Lodge Villas next week for 13 days. Wow. Ooh, that's a great and, Yeah, it's a nice vacation. And uh, he his question basically revolves around um, you know fears of terrorist attacks. I'm, I'm sure that uh, I have read somewhere that Orlando has been considered a prime target for obvious reasons. And terrorists, being what they are, uh, might very well consider and plan some sort of event at Walt Disney World. And he wants to know what we think of, you know, Disney's security measures and generally how safe it is. Um, For me personally, I think my question on how good their security is, both overt and covert, at the parks, in Disney World in general, was answered in the months following 9-11 when, you know, all of a sudden the country was thrust into this whole new security consciousness that we hadn't had before. And when the government was looking at ways to improve security at airports and and other places where there's a large amount of foot traffic, they went to Disney. They went to Disney to find out what Disney did because they were so good at it. Um, How do you get 20, 30 million people coming through your property every year with the minuscule in comparison the minuscule number of issues that they have Uh, you know we for a couple of weeks there we were talking about issues at downtown disney we were talking about you know gangs and things like that robberies that were taking place um and these are newsworthy because they're rare and so As far as Disney's security in general, yes, where they have the bag checks coming into the park, you know, let's be honest. Those bag checks are just to make you feel better. Uh, You can conceal. There's so much you could conceal if you wanted to. If a terrorist has his mind or their mind set to do something, who's who's to stop them, really? I mean, the problem is a lack of imagination. You know, we couldn't imagine prior to 9-11 somebody hijacking airplanes in our country and flying them into buildings. We can't protect ourselves from what we can't think of or what we, we yeah. can't imagine. But I think one of the reasons Disney security is so good is because as a company, it was built on imagination. It was built thinking outside the box, thinking about what if, what would happen if. And personally, I, you know, of all the places, of all the public places you can be, be it in New York or in Washington, D.C. or any high-traffic tourist place, The safest one has got to be Walt Disney World.
1: You also have to take into account, you have to start to think about the fact of letting someone else win by ruling your life. Mm -hmm. And this could be in a movie theater. This could be in a shopping mall. This could be at a sporting event. At what point do you say, okay, now I'm just not leaving my house? So if you really want to extrapolate that out, you could take that fear as far out as you want to go with it. I suggest you don't. Because what happens then is then you've let other people control your life, and then you, they have one. And I'm one of those people who doesn't – I hate to lose. Yeah. So I don't want other people controlling my life. And I think part of that is we have to just keep moving ahead. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the people that you you see near you. And all be a little vigilant. <laughs> but don't let it
2: keep you home. But, it, you know, compared to other parks, I, I've seen, you know, the bag check is done – pretty thorough and but if you look around at the magic kingdom there's all these big poles that are like a two a foot or two foot thick and and then they have the barriers to in the backstage areas to keep the uh un, unauthorized trucks and things out right so, i've Disney really stepped up since 9-11 for that stuff, and I applaud them on that.
0: This is a, I mean, you know, they, they know what they're doing. They've been doing this for a long time.
2: You know, they, they do ID checks at all the hotels now. and
3: The, the bag check, you got to remember, too, is not just about looking in your bag. The bag check is about taking a second, seeing who you are, how are you acting. It's the same thing about checking for the um, license when you go to a resort. What difference does it make if you have a license or not? Yeah. You could be a terrorist with a license. It's about taking that extra step and that extra beat. Now, I've stopped. I've looked at you. I'm paying attention to what you're doing. So there are overt and covert things that Disney's doing to make sure that everybody is as safe as they can be.
1: There's a great deal you can't see. Right.
0: And there's a great deal we don't know. Disney does not, obviously, for obvious reasons, does not share the nuances or details of their security policy. And nor should they. And nor should they. I don't want them to. And it's a a, – but I – I feel very comfortable. I feel very safe. I don't think there has been any reason, given in the time that I've been following Disney, I've never been given a reason to question their commitment to safety and security, most especially after 9-11. Like I said, it bathed me in a really warm sense of security, knowing that when the government was up against the wall, they went to Disney. And, you know, those fingerprint readers... That I can't stand, that I won't use, that uh, Disney has installed. Uh, that technology was developed by the same company that develops uh, security technology for the CIA. So you know, Disney's Disney's got something going on. So I, I, I would say, I would say, uh, it, it's of course as Kevin mentioned, be aware of your surroundings, but you certainly don't let it uh, affect your yeah. your plans. So. Hope that answers your question, Richard. And uh, Bob?
2: I have one from, I believe it's Stevie Fox, and he's from the U.K., and it's about Night of Joy. And they're, they're going to be arriving in Disney World at the 30th of August and until September 13th. And they, he's wondering if the uh, Night of Joy concerts, the night they're, they're on, is going to affect his park experience in the Magic Kingdom and whether he should avoid it or not. And I've noticed in the past that it hasn't affected. I mean, the night of joy is event happens at night, and it's a hard ticket event. And uh, during the day, you know, you you can get your experience if you want to avoid the Magic Kingdom that day. You can do that too because the park does close earlier than uh, a normal time. So. The Night of Joy is also not like the
1: Halloween party or the Christmas party. I don't believe they allow people to stay into the park. No, It's a hard-ticket event. they clear the park. And everybody is made to leave, and then they allow people back in. So it's not like an overlap like they do with the two parties. It really is a hard-ticket event. So I've never seen – I've never noticed that it affects the daytime crowd.
2: Yeah, but again, you may want to consider on the Night of Joy to, to do another park on that day. Uh, only because the park does close early. Uh, other than that, I wouldn't avoid it during the daytime at all.
0: Okay. Thank you, Mr. Varley. Mr. I do love this
1: question. This is from Sammy in Keller, Texas. Sammy says, uh, I I assume Sammy is a female because Sammy is ending her, her name with an I. If, Sammy, you are not a female, I apologize. Sammy says she brought tickets to Mickey's uh, Halloween party for 74 Sips and the Park closes at 7 p.m. And Mickey's Halloween party starts at 7 p.m. How does Disney make sure that... Those that didn't pay for the tickets are out of the Magic Kingdom if the park closes and the Halloween park open or the Halloween party starts at the same time. I don't want to pay for tickets if people are allowed to stay in the park after the Halloween party starts. I've noticed this Magic Hours people not having wristbands are allowed to stay in the park. This is kind of different, Sammy. Uh, while you are given a wristband as you enter the park, they do have people asking to see your wristbands as you move from place to place. And they're put in strategic places. I won't go into all the places, but you really can't move from one area of the park to the other. Right around the time the party starts... Without a wristband. The other thing is you're not allowed to enter any of the attractions without a wristband. There's no one standing there actually grabbing people and throwing them out of the park, but you really are not allowed to take advantage of the events going on without a wristband. And everybody in your party has to show their wristband as you move. Let me give you an example as you go over to the bridge into Adventureland. There's a person standing there and won't let you over the bridge. They won't let you over the bridge into Tomorrowland without having a wristband. So uh, I don't know that it would stop me from going to the party. Uh, I don't believe if you are one of those people who tries to stay in the park that you're going to get to do much. I hope I've put your mind at ease. I've never been allowed to stay in the park once the party starts. You are escorted towards the front
2: gate or just kind of guided towards the front gate. Kevin, in those hot ticket events, I've been in there in the past, and what they do is they nicely make an announcement that tickets are available for the event and that the park will be closing at a certain time. And then at that time that the park's supposed to close, they make an announcement that uh, the party will be starting and, and people should be exiting the park if you don't have a, a ticket.
1: It's not much fun if you don't have a ticket. right. Yeah, then you spend the rest of your night trying to be...
0: It's kind of like standing outside the window of a restaurant watching somebody else eat. (laughs) Right, really. (laughs) Look over your shoulder
2: all night. Are they after me? Right. Are they coming after me now? Trying to get out of the way with something. Not with cot cam. They can't catch me.
3: My next one is from Pamela Franklin in Springville, Iowa. She says she just found the show and she loves us. We'll be flying into Sanford Airport in December and we'll have a town car and driver take us to Pop Century. I've asked this before and have been told that we should tip the driver 20%. But do we tip the driver who picks us up 20% of the whole fare or, or just the one-way fare? Uh, we pay him the full amount on arrival. Then do we also pay the driver for the return trip to the airport 20% of the whole fare too? Thanks for your help. You know, this is one of those things where everyone's got an opinion about tipping and what you should do. I think it's absolutely positively correct that you should be tipping out and back. Because you're going to have most likely have a different driver Correct. For, for each leg of your your journey. How much you choose to tip, again, is something that people discuss to no end. But um, I wouldn't necessarily set a set amount as well. I would have a guide amount in my head because you don't know. You might have a great driver. You might have somebody who takes uh, goes out of their way and does something special for you, and shows you something or tells you something you didn't know. You might have somebody who has no personality and just drives you, and you might want to tip them less. So,
1: but I don't think anybody should tip twenty percent on the entire amount of their travel both ways to one driver. Correct. Correct. You're
3: gonna no. you're gonna tip each driver, and uh, I even think twenty percent of her.
0: Twenty percent f- is, is high.
3: It's high. It's a hundred and eighty dollar round trip fare. That seems kind of high to me. You know we talk about tipping valets and people like that by um, luggage they handle that's another rule you might want to see is how much luggage you're going to have
0: yeah you, you definitely I, I I would say stick to the same rules as with any of the service industry 15 percent if it's an adequate if it's an adequate job that they did 20 percent if you thought they were outstanding less if you thought they weren't but uh, definitely don't tip the full amount up front you tip each driver
2: that $180, that's for round trip to the Port Canaveral. Port Canaveral. That's not No, ep-
3: she said Sanford to Pop Century. Oh, Sanford, I'm sorry. She's going okay, to Sanford
1: airport and she's going into Pop Century.
2: Oh, Sanford, yeah, okay. That's so. a lot that's a little further. Okay.
0: That's still kind of that seems pricey.
1: Yeah. I think it's $180 round trip. That's what I said So still. I would tip on $90 one way. Correct. Cuz chances are you might not get the same driver going back. Does she
0: say who she's using?
1: She, she does not, but I wouldn't tip twenty percent on the entire fare. I, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. Have I hammered that home yet? <laughs> How much would you tip or not tip? Okay, I'm done.
3: Yeah, tipping seems to be a really hot button topic with people. I mean, I don't, um, I don't stress about tipping. It's it's one of those things. It's not worth getting upset about. You know, Do, and people can afford different things. If you can afford it, be a little more generous. If you're on a tight budget, you, you
0: know, have to be a little less generous. Yeah. Right. All right. Thank you very much, John. All right. I have one here from Art Carter in Phoenix, Arizona. I was wondering if you have ever done a podcast pertaining to getting a job with Disney and moving to the Orlando area. All my life, I've always wanted to do both, work for Disney and be near Walt Disney World. I'm now 41 and seriously thinking of doing it. My wife works for a company out here in Phoenix that has an office in Tampa. She can probably transfer to if I can find a job. What areas, uh, what are the areas to live in that are nice? How is housing and buying a home? Um, So on and so forth. These are questions that we as Orlando locals, uh, especially Orlando locals who work with tourists, uh, get asked a lot. And, uh, you know, I can only speak from from my experience when when I first moved down here nine years ago. And, uh, well, I mean, and John had, come down here. John and I had moved down here because John had gotten a job with uh, with Disney. So we kind of lived this this dream that you're talking about. It was our dream as well. And, you know, it's, I can, I can tell you, coming from New Jersey, and I love New Jersey, I'm not trashing the Northeast at all, I love, love living in Florida. It does have its, down, its downside, you know, it, we do get hurricanes. Some of the storms in the summer can be a little frightening. Um, but uh, you put up with that for three months, and you've got nine months of spring. Nine months of beautiful And I have not had to scrape ice off my car once since I've moved here. I have not had to shovel snow from if, in front of my house. If that would
2: ever happen, I would just stay in the house until it all melted.
0: So, you know, it's the kind of thing, it's a, it's a major life change to uproot your entire life. And, you know, people will sit and think about it and be like, oh, it would be great, it would be great. But... Taking that plunge, taking that step, and doing it is is really. I think I can safely speak for John and myself. It was frightening. It was yeah. frightening to take that 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 step and uproot your life and what what's this yeah. going to be like?
2: We did I agree. that too. I mean, uh, Diana mm-hmm. Diana came, It was an, is a nurse, and you know, she didn't have much trouble finding a job down here. But um, we had both sides of it. Uh, Rob and Aaron came down. Two summers hey, ago, Rob,
0: Erin, being and your daughter, my daughter, you might and want to explain to people who you're talking about okay, so St- they understand.
2: Stephen Phil, Stephen Phil, but Erin uh, and Rob, my daughter and her husband, came down to try to make it happen down here, and they found the experience wasn't as good as they they wanted, and it wasn't what they expected, and. So they went back up to New Jersey, and uh, they're back there. But one of the things, the first thing that reaches out to me for him is his wife's job would be in Tampa. So between Tampa and Orlando.
0: That's a good hour and a half, hour and right. 20 minutes. And
2: if you have traffic, you have to you're going to have to pick some place for her.
0: Uh, yeah, that's an hour, that's an hour plus on I4.
2: Right. So you, you got to pick a place between Tampa and and Orlando. That's your starting off point if you're going to do that. So like before I moved down here, I came down and spent two weeks and I just drove everywhere. And looked at houses and developments and things once I had the area that I wanted. And you really you gotta do your homework before you jump into it.
1: I'm gonna be the naysayer in this group. Okay. I just I'm going to tell you the downside. And there is a downside. Housing in Orlando up until a couple of years ago was considered reasonable by the rest
0: of not anymore.
1: The rest of the country. That's changed. Housing in Orlando is very, very expensive at this point. Especially housing near Disney. If you're looking to have that experience, I think a lot of people think about, I'm going to move to Disney and I'm going to go to Disney every day. You still have to have life. You still have to do laundry. You still have to go to the grocery store. And it's not cheap to live in this area. And I've known people who have moved here thinking that, you know, I'm going to have that experience
2: and can't afford it. Well, that's what happened to our family. And uh, it's really important in Hammer at Home that they have to look tamper, Somewhere between here and Tampa, and and that's the strongest thing in that. Tampa,
0: T A M P E R. Tampa,
2: Tampa, Tampa,
3: and even beyond, even beyond. If she didn't get a job in Tampa, and was able to work somewhere closer to Disney, um, there's a, uh, there was a different um, commute idea here. I'm trying to figure out how to best put it. In New Jersey, I was okay with going 45 minutes or 50 minutes or an hour a day to work however if you're an hour away or that equivalent distance away some of the roads here the major roads in florida can be a nightmare especially i4 so there's there's that involved in it as well well i can live further away from disney and get a house that's cheaper or get a bigger house for my money but you got to take that into consideration as well
1: the infrastructure in this area is not
3: I mean,
0: has not kept up with the growth rate. I think that's
3: exactly what I was trying to say. You guys put it in the words I was trying to come up with is that the roadways and the infrastructure is just not what it is in some other parts of the country. You have to, pay,
1: you have to think Orlando is really only thirty five years old, right? Yeah. And what's happened is there's been an exponential growth rate in the Orlando area, and the infrastructure has not kept up with that. Everything is very far away, and it can take you an hour to get. 20 miles yeah
2: i mean that's where i built my house i built it out 30 miles outside of orlando and it's it's just a little bit further out but i was able to get a good value on a house so you want to take that into consideration
0: well he also asked you know can i get a job with walt disney world that would be better than minimum wage that really all depends on what your what your background is level education level if you are a professional in a field that would you know be utilized by disney you no, know, John had his uh, his background in, uh, in network as a network engineer, so he was able to get a job in uh, IT I, the IT department yeah. with Disney. So, Depends you know, on. and and their their salary was very competitive for what John was being paid in the Northeast at the time, and they were and uh, when they hire you from out of state, I mean, they handle everything, they move you, they fly you out here, they put you up in an apartment, they. Take care of everything while you're getting settled. They were wonderful to us. Absolutely you're wonderful. You've got to have
2: one of those skilled jobs that they want.
0: But they, you have to have it right. They're not going to do that for you if you're you – know, Looking ever. to sell glow necklaces. No, that's no, not good. That ain't going to happen. And also
3: they have to need your position at the time. I mean they've outsourced the whole IT department since I've left.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. No, I yeah. didn't know that. Yep, the IT department's been outsourced. Disney's always looking for employees, but these are entry-level positions that are never going to be salaried – sustainable lifestyle positions. These are low level entry positions that Disney's clamoring for. So keep that in mind. Right.
3: And one other thing is you have to build in the emotional aspect of it too. There's a certain amount of separation anxiety. If your whole family is in another area and you've re- and you've moved here and it's just you and your wife and your, and your immediate family, there's that sort of, you've lost that support system that goes along with it. Um, there are people who come here who maybe one of the spouses stay home and doesn't go to work every day, and then you got to think about well, that I've got to build a network of friends and support here in the area. So these are all things to consider. It's not you know all living in the magic kingdom when you come. Well, there.
0: the the final thing I would point out is that you know when people when Disney fans, let me be specific, when Disney fans talk about moving to Orlando, they are making that that desire is born out of. Visiting here on vacation. I love this place. I love this place. I want to be there all the time. It's a natural human response to some place you have that kind of emotional connection with. Living here is not like being on vacation here. All the things that, you know, you come to Disney World on vacation to get away from life. When you live here, your life goes with you into the parks because your life is only 15 minutes away. And it does matter. It really does matter. And it makes it changes how you look at the parks, how you inter, You know, the, it, it changes everything you have. It doesn't make you love Disney any less, but it just changes how you interact with the product. And you need to keep that in mind. It does make an impact. So, you know, it's a buyer's market in Orlando right now. The houses are expensive, but the prices are coming down on some of them. Um, not as expensive as they were six months ago. Um, but they'll get more expensive in two years. The prices aren't going to go down too much. But it's, you know, quality of life, it's fantastic. Um, It's got a pretty good economy going on right now. Crime rate could stand to be a little bit lower. It's not ridiculous, but it's higher than it's been in in a while. And, uh, you know, generally speaking, I would say the quality of life here is, is awesome. But, you know, think it through. It's a major decision. Think about, you know what it is you know why are you moving here are you moving here just to be near disney world because you think it's going to be kind of like being on vacation all the time it's not like that because mm-hmm. you know we talked about oh you know <laughs> we're going to go eat nepcot every night and we're going to go do this all and you know what it doesn't happen i was just going to say
3: that we're going to walk around world showcase every night and lose weight
0: yeah oh yeah there were all these plans and you know it After just a 45 minute walk, drive you know, then your job gets in the way and, you know, house Sleep. cleaning and laundry and Sleep. grocery shopping and everything else gets in the way. So,
1: And then you become a jaded Floridian and it's 110 degrees outside and you think, I'll wait till October.
0: And I hope that answers your question, Art. And, uh, you know, good luck. Good luck making the decision.
2: All right. Bob. I have one from uh, Mindy from Plymouth, Mass. And her question is, relates to off-property, off-site hotels And the transportation to the parks. And uh, she says we've recommended getting a rental car if you're staying off-site. But she's also heard nightmarish things about the Orlando Walt Disney World area for traffic, which uh, there is some problems there.
0: there. That is an accurate statement. Nightmare. She,
2: She has the opportunity to stay at a vacation home near Walt Disney World with some friends this December. And... She she really doesn't want to be at the mercy of they're going to have a car, and she's asking us whether we recommend her having her own car. Uh, I personally think that she should have her own car.
0: I absolutely would.
1: Orlando is one of the cheapest car rental markets around. Yeah. Because of the fact that there are so many rentals,
2: you can get a great rate. So, yeah, my answer is yes, yeah. too. I mean – off-property hotels, uh, and pretty much most of them have the transportation. And I have to clarify that it's scheduled transportation to the theme park, and the, it it goes certain times of the day. And my myself personally, I like to go to my car when I'm done.
0: Yeah, unless you are planning the ultimate budget trip, I would not rely or bank on off-property hotel transportation to the parks. I
2: mean, it's great that they offer it. Yeah. But, and if, but, in a
0: pinch, it's a nice thing to have. But
2: but I personally feel my time is money. And if I'm standing in a parking lot waiting for a bus at the end of the night and if I had wanted to go back an hour early, I have to still wait for that bus to show up at nine o'clock. And I may have wanted to go back at eight o'clock. So waiting for a bus to show up and pick up and, and then take you. And if it's on a, a route that may stop at a couple of hotels. It's all money and time, and I I value my time.
3: She also mentioned, I believe she said she was a little skittish about actually driving here in Orlando, that she's been in a different location, yeah. and should she be fearful of driving in some place she doesn't know? We talked about uh, major roads here in Orlando being a nightmare. Most of these vacation home rental places are convenient to Disney. Yes, Most of them are on a highway that's right outside of Disney, so you're not going to be looking at, yeah, there'll be traffic, but you're not looking at long drives, a couple miles at the most, getting into the park. So, and once once you're on you...
2: Disney property, the, the, the traffic flows very smoothly. Right. The signage here is very I wish, good. I wish the rest of the world the, the traffic flowed as good as when you're at what Disney. You ha-
0: yeah, what you have to watch is if you are going to be traveling, driving on any of the major arteries, specifically the Florida Turnpike or I-4. Those are your two ultimate nightmare roads. If you're going to be on either of those two roads during rush hour, um, it is you, you should expect you have to add anywhere from 20, to, 20 minutes to an hour to yeah. your travel time. Because it, I, I, I've had it. I live in downtown Orlando. Um, with I-4 clear, I can usually make it onto Disney property in about 20 minutes. Yep. I, I've had it happen where on a Friday night at 6 o'clock, going from downtown Orlando on a Disney property... It took me an hour and a half well, to get we've got another because it was example. bumper-to-bumper traffic.
1: You were coming to meet us from – you were on Disney property and were coming to meet us at Universal.
0: Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I was stopped in traffic.
1: And how long did it take you? You never got there. And yeah. it took you – you were in the car for an hour and a half I and wouldn't never have, got there. I wouldn't,
0: have made it, I wouldn't have made it to you in time for the show.
2: But most of those homes and, and hotels are near Disney and it, it's not as horrific One of One other event. thing, when you're on vacation, you can avoid rush hour. Yes. Yeah. But it, again, it, it's more of I control my own destiny. I don't have to stand in a, in, a, in a driveway. So I hope that answers your question, Mindy.
1: I'm going to follow that up with another question about transportation. Tracy Vandervoort, Wo- excuse me, Tracy, I'm sorry, Tracy Vandervoort from Cold Lake, Alberta, Canada wants to know we're going to Disney in September for two weeks. I would like to know where the closest outlet mall is. Are, are where are the closest outlet malls, and about how much would a taxi for five be to go? Also, does it have to be, or does it have a Disney outlet and a Universal outlet? And would it be better to take a taxi from downtown Disney or from Port Orleans Riverside? Tracy, I apologize, I am not that well versed in taxis for five. I don't know what the cost would be to the mall. I would assume that you would be able to get all five people in a taxi for about thirty or forty dollars.
3: You ever see those signs on the side? Five ride for the price of one. Right, but I'm one gonna... of them's
1: on the hood. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly.
1: One of them's in the luggage rack, and uh, downtown Disney is definitely going to be closer to the outlet malls. There's one of the outlet malls are is not far from the entrance. to... The Premium to- Outlets. Downtown Disney and it is the premium outlets. There is a universal and a Disney outlet store there. There's also it's high end outlets. There's some pricey like,
0: places there. Yeah, but it's it's like reason like even the Versace is reasonably priced, if that's what you're looking for. It's high end stuff, but they get some awesome, awesome, awesome deals there.
1: I'm of the mind that even outlet priced Versace is kinda pricey, but <laughs> <laughs> We have bought Disney stuff there. There's other places, too. How so, was the last time you found
3: anything from Versace in your size? I had those sweatpants. <laughs>
1: really? Um, <laughs> shoelaces. Really? Versace shoelaces. There's also an outlet at the Lake Buena Vista factory outlets, which is right I on 535. Oh, However, I, so
0: dis- I so don't like them.
1: It's a disappointment. So that's your answer.
0: Yeah, Lake Buena Vista factory stores used to be the only one, the only outlet... Like, very close to Disney, because Bells is further up. uh,
1: Well, actually, let's talk about that for a second. The Bells outlet, pretty much all of the Bells outlet became the Prime 1 outlet. It's now Prime 1. And those have closed. Almost all of the Prime 1 outlets have closed and have been destroyed and are being rebuilt and will be open within
2: the next couple of months. They expect to have them open in the autumn. September, I thought I saw something for a part of it, and then... Before December, right? Of-
0: yeah, the, the, what I w- the point I was making was that Lake Buena Vista Factory Stores had been the only outlet close right. to Disney, other than Bell's, um, which was further up I four until the Premium Outlets opened. Yes. And the Premium Outlets just blew Lake Buena Vista Factory Stores off the map. Absolutely. As a ma- you know, I'll tell you the truth: the stores at Lake Buena Vista Factory Stores, I don't think give you very good deals. I think no. they're mostly ripoffs, and I find all the deals. I have never been disappointed shopping at the Premium Outlets. Okay, I, mean, well, I go there I'm, all the time.
1: I'm going to disagree with you there a little bit, only because there's not a lot of stuff at the factory, the Premium Outlets that I need. We actually shop in the Lake Buena Vista Factory Outlets. There's a Big Dog store. There's a Gap outlet. There's a Liz Claiborne outlet, and those are places that we shop more often. So we do find some good deals there. I. Have been to the like the uh, premium outlets, but I usually only go for the Disney store and the Universal store. They have good uh, uh,
3: sneaker Nike and Reebok right. outlets there. So
1: right, so we those are just places that we visit more often. So right, just a different opinion.
0: Yep, cool. Thank you very much, Kevin.
1: And I have one more, Pete, and it's from Linda Pennington, and she is
3: in Kokomo, Indiana. She says, "I've read where people are taking the towel animals at the Walt Disney World resorts." I thought they were for looks and have enjoyed them. Are you supposed to take them? And I think what she's referring to is the housekeeping people will create little towel animals and leave them on your bed for you to to come back to the resort to. Yeah,
0: it's like if you leave your uh, sunglasses laying around, they'll put the sunglasses on the towel animal, do cute things like that.
3: Yeah,
1: it's a little scary. Scary Blair Witch Project.
3: There's a lot of discussion about this. There's actually a really good thread on the podcast board about this where people are going back and forth and – there's some discussion there's some uh uh, disagreement some people are saying that housekeeping and or management is telling people that it's okay to do this they're actually encouraging them saying take this home or why didn't you take this home and other people are not getting any information whether it's okay or not and i think that's where the the problem lies is that disney needs to really let people know you know if this is okay to do if this is something that we you want to encourage people to do, then they should put a sign in the room and say, listen, take our towel animals. Um, we understand that the towels that they're using are ones that are going out of circulation, so you're not taking, you know, the hand towels or the bath towels that they're going to use on a day-to-day basis. But again, you know, I think Disney really needs to just sort of step up and say, listen, make a blanket statement say these are okay to yeah, take. Yeah, put a
0: little note on them. These uh, are okay if, to take.
3: For your enjoyment, take them home if you want. And then there also raises the question of, you know, what are you gonna do with them when you get them home?
0: Yeah,
2: and it could be you could be opening up a can of worms on that. Just ask. Yeah, just but, ask. You That's know, right. I've been at the Polynesian in the last uh, two weeks, and they had some like uh, facecloth animals that were over by where the kids sit, and they had the the uh, lay uh, flower lays wrapped around them, and they told. The person that I was with, uh, they could take one.
3: Sure, those weren't the plushes in the store, Bob? No. You weren't taking home the merchandise?
2: No, because no, okay, it was yeah. something different.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things, unfortunately, where it's bad communication on Disney's part, and now people who do it and say, I was told to do it, other people are saying, oh, no, you're wrong, you shouldn't have done it, and ask permission, ask somebody, says, it's okay to take home, I'd like to
0: take this home. And yeah, I mean, just, you know, you can, even if you call the front desk at Goal Housekeeping and say, you know, I, I heard somewhere that it was okay for us to take these i just want to make sure before i do it right. otherwise i mean if it's not okay you're going to end up getting a ridiculous charge on your bill uh for stealing towels and they charge like this stupid it's like 50 dollars a towel or something crazy like that i think
3: and those things are like paper towels yeah they're thick, horrible <laughs> scratchy and awful
0: all right well thank you john and I uh, just want to let everybody know that um, Julie Martin handles uh, getting the T-shirts out to everyone. So those of you whose uh, emails that we read on uh, this week's uh, show and uh, those of you whose emails we read next week, you'll be hearing from Julie after she returns from uh, from vacation. So it's going to be a couple of weeks. Just want to make sure you're you're aware of that. So we don't want to screw up Julie's system. She's got this down with science. I so don't want to touch that. None of us want to go no, near I it. No, really don't touch So. It. The only thing that I'll, I'll make sure that our, uh, our prize winner this month gets her $25 gift certificate. I'll take care of that. But uh, outside of that, that will do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed listening. And I will be obnoxious and make one more reminder to everyone to please go out to podcastawards.com and give a vote for us uh, today and each day between now and August 11th in the best travel category and we appreciate your support. And we will be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. You have a great week.